And now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Mm. Hello and welcome to Shout Out. I'm Andy Shorten. And I'm Tara Fraser. And on this week's show, we talk about, talk to Annie Mentor about the African Eye Film Festival. Uh, and coding black females, helping black and non-binary people to gain experience in coding. All that and more today on Shout Out. Oh, no one. Bum, Not even bum, Terry. Bum, bum. You probably turned him down, have you? Oh, no, no, he should be there. Hello, Terry. Upstairs. Hello. Oh, there he is. No. Yeah, I heard him. No, I, I no. am here. Oh, yeah, you are. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Yes. You're very, very quiet, Terry. <laughs> At the back of the cupboard. Oh, right. dear. Just, just, just turn him up a little bit. Hello, how are yeah. you, mate? I'm all right, thank you. Pleased so, to be here, as usual. Sounds sounding very good quality tonight, too. Uh, for listeners, oh. by the way, he's not in the studio. He's remoting in from home. Remoting. Yes. Yes. Someone's got to keep an eye on his dungeon, you see. <laughs> not let anyone out. That's right. We're back in the studio next week, though. Yep, we are. Oh, there's uh, Terry. You want to mention about that charity single from um, Trans Radio? Yes, there'll be a charity single released around Trans uh, Day of Remembrance on the 20th of November by our good friends at Trans Radio UK, who are um, a community radio station by and for trans and non-binary people, and who broadcast across the UK online and in, uh, on DAB in the Republic of Ireland. And uh, their excellent Chrissy Cochran has written a single in conjunction with the charity that was founded by Brianna Gay's mother. Um, you may remember Brianna was the young trans woman who was murdered uh, in February. We sent shockwaves through the gay community and trans communities. And uh, so there'll be a charity single ready for Christmas. And oh, uh, listen out for more details on uh, your local community radio station. Cool. So, and hello to everyone on Truck, if you're listening. Yeah. Radio yeah good and, of ours, yeah. and the Global yes. Voice, because we're on that as well. Yeah. And, and, and station. I, I mean, uh, I'd love to list them all. We're on a few of you will be here for a while. But hello to everyone listening. <laughs> we get everywhere, so, yeah. which is great. Yeah, we do try. Yeah. It's part of Terry's remit. When we started 14 and a half years ago, he said, we're going to conquer the world. Or at and least the radio world, yeah. anyway. You know. <laughs> we haven't done too badly, have yeah. we? There's, there's only one thing that rivals shout out with how often it's on the radio. Which is <gasps> Steph. Oh, I wonder, I wonder oh. who it could be. <laughs> <laughs> so you think I'm joking? So anyway, did we all have good bonfire nights and Halloweens? And yeah, yeah, went to a, um, a display in the centre of Bath, which was quite nice. It was yeah. at the Wreck. Yeah, yeah. very I'm nice. Like, I imagine that being very different in Bath. It was. We didn't actually go into the wreck because it was quite expensive, but there was no point because <laughs> most of the Scottish there. Yeah, I know, right? Um, I'm Scottish with a Brazilian accent. Is it more, more civilised in Bath? This is what we're saying. I don't think so. Though. Most people are actually outside of the wreck watching it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Can't afford it. 
probably well why pay when you can see it just as well outside yeah, well, cause if you don't contribute towards it won't be able to do it next year is the simple answer to that it's one fine so. <laughs> and was the yes. money was the money paying for the, the bonfire or was it was it going to charity because I know it's a few needs for charity this year. I have no idea. Mm. Okay. No, because she didn't go in. Oh, yeah. No. Too tight. Yeah, didn't find out. Far too tight, aren't you? Yeah. Anyway, do you want to introduce your piece? Because um, we need to go straight into it. Which one have you got? Uh, Africa. Oh, the Africa Eye. Oh, yeah, film festival coming up. Seems mm. so interesting. Yeah. And it's not just films either. Now, I think all of us love to go to the cinema and theatre. And I'm joined by Annie Mentor of Africa Eye. But first, before we get into what's happening now, what is Africa Eye and how did it start? Okay, so Africa Eye is um, it's a film festival initially, uh, it was initially, and it was started in 2006 by a Zimbabwean filmmaker and his partner, Simon Bright and Ingrid Sinclair, who came over to Bristol. Ingrid was from Bristol anyway. They came to Bristol uh, to live and having made both being filmmakers uh, and being very, very interested in African film, films from across Africa, they decided to start a small film festival thinking, well, you know, there are very, and this is when there were very few African films available, um, certainly not mainstream, um, but uh, yeah, so they, again, I mean, rather like your radio station, they built, they've been building it um, and they got a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. They then partnered with Watershed and um, the main events then started in Watershed, but they always wanted it to reach out into communities across Bristol. So um, there would be a film maybe in St Paul's or in Hartcliffe or in wherever. I Join them in, oh gosh, I think about 2008, 2009, um, and became a friend of Africa Eye, having been very, uh, I, I worked with WOMAD for 20 years, and um, so I've been very interested in African arts in general, and uh, that was part of my remit at WOMAD. So I, yeah, uh, I became a friend of WOMAD, then I went on the board, and um and then in 2016, Simon and Ingrid decided to step back and they said, oh, Annie, would you like you take it on? And oh. I said, oh, I could. Yeah, yeah, okay, yes, I'd love to and I'll give it a go. And so I, so I did and I've been here ever since uh, running an annual film festival. But because of my background, I wanted to bring in other art forms as well. So it became Africa Eye Festival of Film, Arts and Culture. Wow. And um, so, you know, we've, we have theatre, uh, poetry, dance, music, um, and a lot of that then informs the films that we show. So we have a kind of, yeah, I mean, it gives a much broader remit. And it also brings people into films to see films who maybe wouldn't come to films and vice versa. Maybe somebody, uh, I mean, for example, last year we had an amazing dance film at the Arnolfini with live dance intervention and then a panel discussion afterwards. And um, it was fantastic and workshops as well so workshops have always been quite a strong part of africa eye mm. now let's get on to what's happening now it sounds really exciting and like you've said you you've grown it not just to include cinema but all types of of art form uh, so what actually is going going to happen this year and the dates so our festival this year is from the 14th which is 
next week, <laughs> 14th to the 22nd of November, and it's um, across the city. Uh, it's mainly films this year because we didn't get our Arts Council funding like many other people in Bristol. Um, uh, uh, because normally we're we have sort of matched funding between the BFI and the Arts Council, but this year we're very reliant on the BFI funding uh, through the Southwest Film Hub at Watershed, um, who are fantastically supportive of uh, Africa Eye. So we start, we kick off on next Tuesday um, at the Cube um, with a, a wonderful film called Who I Am Not, which is about two intersex people in South Africa. Um, and the dilemmas and the challenges that that brings to those two people. Um, and we also have a, a young woman, uh, Kaylee um, Thingang, who is Cameroonian, and she has uh, made some work for British Council called New Narratives, uh, and that is about being queer in Cameroon and countering the the, the the fact that uh, it obviously it's illegal in in Cameroon, and um, uh, she is saying, but it is natural, it is beautiful, it is it is as it should be, you know. And so she's done some little animations around that. So that's going to be happening. Both those things are happening at Cube next Tuesday in lockdown. Um, uh, myself and my producer Esther Afikurue and. Um, a friend, Manu Monganitze, uh, we made a little film. Uh, and we managed to do it in lockdown, in the open, and it's called Rooted in Bristol. And it's about black Bristol growers and the contribution that they have made over the years since Windrush um, to the allotments grow growing communities. Um, and that was absolutely fascinating to make. And it was really revealing how, you know, there is still an enormous amount of lack of access for people to get an allotment. And um, that actually a lot of the black population in Bristol have managed to keep allotments open after the war. Um, when the British City Council wanted to actually build on the allotments and um, get rid of them uh, but luckily they they didn't anyway this little film is just a half hour film so we're going to we showed that um two years ago at africa eye but we're going to show it again um we have a partnership with coexist community kitchen in easton um and we worked with them last year and had a really lovely event and so we're having another event this year and it's called rooted in bristol and we'll be screening the film and we'll be cooking food from the allotments and there's going to be a little allotment feast for everyone with mulled wine and um yeah it'll be a really lovely intimate setting because there's it's almost it's almost like you've brought 3D back to the film industry, as in you've <laughs> widened it up. So you not only do you see the film, but you get to meet the people who actually made it and taste the stuff that the film was about. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, chew the fat. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for any vegetarians. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's important. And, and that's something that we've always had um through Africa Eye and that's um, uh, conversations after the festival, after the film screenings with sort of <clears throat> um, panel discussions, Q&A. And so it really engages audiences to, to voice their opinion, you know, good or bad or indifferent to the films and to kind of find out, you know, why things work or don't work or 
what people have learned from the film, what, what they enjoyed. It's just, you know, it, it, it makes, it's an add on to film, to watching a film that everybody seems to love. Yeah. So we're, we're on Thursday, we have System K, which is a film from uh, Democratic Republic of Congo, um, by a wonderful filmmaker called Renaud Barret. Have people got to go through Arnofini and Watershed or can everything be done through your website? So um, we, you can get all tickets from our um, our website, www.africai.org.uk, or you buy the Watershed. We have one day at Watershed this year, the Saturday the 18th, and that will be, um, we have four films showing. Uh, Queen of Catway in the morning, which is a family film about a little girl living in a slum in Kenya, and she's taught to play chess. And it's a magical story about how chess gives her empowerment. And, you know, it's it's great. It's a really feel-good movie. Um, and then we have three films in the after going in the afternoon into the evening. And we finish up with live music in the cafe bar at Watershed with the wonderful Mohamed Araba and Tanya Groove. His his group, uh, so Moroccan Ganawa music, uh, fantastic. So we'll finish there about midnight on Saturday. Probably absolutely exhausted. Um, uh, we also have three short films about women in Mozambique. Uh, it's called Sing My Sister, and uh, we're hoping lots of people from choirs in Bristol will come along to this because again, it's a an extraordinary these little films about different groups of women in different areas of, of Mozambique who, for them, music and singing is about self-esteem, it's about community, it's about giving them power and uh, a sense of, of, of yeah, um, I don't know, the human rights, really. Uh, so there's that. And then we have a, a very wonderful film called Sira, who, uh, which is about terror. It's a hard watch, but it's about terrorism in the Sahel and of a young woman and her family going to her wedding. And I won't tell you any more, but it's tough. But um, yeah, and we have a really interesting um, Melissa Shamam, who is an international journalist, will be talking after that film uh, and engaging the audience in conversation. So that's a, a big day on Saturday. Oh, before that, on Friday, we'll be at Trinity, Trinity Arts, uh, with um, Neptune Frost, which is a wonderful kind of sci-fi musical, um, came out last year, and um, it's it's fantastic. It's a very uh, almost surreal, um, it's, it's, it's a beautiful film. Sunday, we're going to be down at the Curzon in Clevedon um, for a, a film called Witch, which stands for We Intend to Cause Havoc. And it's about um, Zamrock, which was a kind of genre of music that was uh, initiated in, uh, I think it was in the 70s, actually. Um, and the lead singer was kind of channeling Jagari Chanda. He was channeling his inner Mick Jagger. And uh, uh, he, you know, had that moment of fame, like many musicians. Um, and it was Zamrock was the thing. And then it just disappeared and he went back to working in the mines and you know non-entity again but he's had a sort of re uh, yeah he's he's come he's come back and after 40 years he's made this comeback and so this is a film about his comeback so that's a rather wonderful and we've got DJs and music 
uh, and uh, Huria, the wonderful African catering enterprise in Bristol, going to be down there serving up some fabulous food as well. Um, yeah. So people want to follow you on all the socials and your website address, if you could let the, our listeners know those. Uh, Facebook and Insta, um, hashtag Africa Eye. Um, and um, yeah, it, we're, we'll be posting every day. We'll be out there tweeting, Xing, whatever it's called now. And um, yeah, uh, our last our last film on which I'm very excited about is on the 22nd. And it, that's at Bristol Design West, uh, above the architect next to the Arnolfini. And um, I felt there'd been very little recognition or um, attention given to African architects which there are many, many across Africa and in Europe. Um, and there's one architect who I really admire, and he's, he's an activist, he's an educationalist, Saul Francis Kerry, and he comes from Burkina Faso. He's now based in Berlin. But he came from a very, very poor village and did that sort of rise um, through his own initiative and through people recognising his talents. And... Um, he then he was the first black architect to win the Pritzer Prize in 2022. So he's yeah, and these we've got three short films about his work, and um, I think that's going to be a really interesting evening. And we'll have a panel discussion after that with architects, two architects, visiting architects. Oh, okay. Animenta, we're completely out of time, I'm afraid. So um, thank you so much for your time. And it sounds really exciting what you've organised. And uh, good luck with uh, with that celebration of Africa Eye. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, just please come to Africa Eye. There's lots on and I'm sure there's, as they say, something for everyone. <laughs> thank you, Annie. Thank you. Shout out. LGBT Radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Uh, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that. Laura Mvola, I think is how you say it. I do like that. And that's called uh, That's All Right. That's is that funny. brand new? No, it came, it came out a few months ago. We have played it on the show before. Okay. So, But yeah, it's, a, it's one of those tracks. We like, were a bit we, we were listening, yeah. listening to it, and, and it does throw you because it changes. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to the beats, it's always there in the background, yeah. but one minute she's like shouting like you're saying it's alright and then she burst into song but I she thought burst, you'd messed up burst on the, yeah, I thought it, you'd it does sound up. like it's second track company, but it is quite cool isn't it so. do you like that Terry? very nice yes yeah so yeah no um, um, I'm trying to think when it came out I'm sure it was a couple of months ago or so. I'll, I'll look it up and let you know so it makes you just want to like dance on your seat doesn't it you know yeah it's quite a bop stomp along <laughs> So I've got all kinds of different music. I've got um, a bit of Sam Ryder coming later as well. Ooh. Oh, yeah. So, um, But before we have a Sam Ryder, uh, we need a Terry Starr, if we can. You can indeed. This is Shoutout News. Welcome along. 
top LGBTQIA plus newswire Pink News reports that Transgender Europe, a network of trans organisations across the continents, has published its 2023 trans rights map, which illustrates the legal situation in 49 countries in Europe and five in Central Asia. Countries are ranked on a colour-coded map with 30 indicators in six legal categories, including legal gender recognition, asylum, hate crime and incitement via speech, non-discrimination, health and family. The more indicators a country has, the better it is for trans people and trans rights. Iceland tops the list with 26 of the 30 indicators, including having legal gender recognition, laws and policies on asylum and a hate speech law. The United Kingdom scored about midway with 14 out of 30. TGEU Research Officer Freya Watkins said of the data, which covers the past decade, the UK and Hungary have gone backwards from progressive leaders of our index in 2013 to places where anti-trans hatred is widespread in the media and government agendas. But on the positive side, the authors of the map notes, the past 12 months saw an increase in trans rights in the region as a whole, building on the return to progress last year. However, the risk of regression and anti-trans backlash is pressing. Some countries lost points in 2023 and are in danger of further regression. Slovakia particularly stands out. However, even with this backlash, more countries improve protections and human rights for trans people. Among them are Spain, Moldova, Andorra, Finland and Iceland. Now, tributes have been played to club and radio disc jockey Susie B, who worked at one of the stations that Shout Out is broadcast on, the Trans Plus community network Trans Radio UK. In a heartfelt message, Lucien Avril from Trans Radio said, We are sad to announce that on Friday last week, we lost a beloved member of our truck family, Susie Butler. That's DJ Susie B. She'd been a DJ with us for two years and hounded us for a year before that to join our tr- team. Trans Radio UK was her life, and the last message we received see from her was about how much she loved being a part of our family and she couldn't wait to get to back to doing her shows she lived locally to the station lucy uh, clark taylor and avril clark being the founders and they would often pop around to see her and her cats and collect her to make sure she could get to some of the events she was loved by everyone at the station was an integral part of the truck family and a massive supporter of truck united football club and would love to come along to matches when she could despite her ill health she was always so determined to be a part of anything we did she leaves a massive hole in the truck family who she loved so much speaking for the west country based shout out magazine program terry Starr said community hospital and many internet radio stations are close-knit families of music and radio enthusiasts this comes across very strongly on trans radio uk where the presenters clearly love their work and love being with each other susie b presented a great late night program and understood the power of in- and intimacy of late night radio the joy she gave to many listeners will be sadly missed but in the words of mike hollis of the legendary radio luxembourg she will live on in our fondest memories. Progressive political activists in the US are paying their respects to Ohad Adi Barkan, who has passed on at the age of 39. A liberal democratic socialist, Mr Barkan also campaigned heavily against homophobia and transphobia, and this allyship was noted with respect from LGBT plus groups in the States. He was involved in a variety of political networks, including the Centre for Popular Democracy, the Be a Hero Fund, and the Democratic Socialists of America. Wikipedia notes that Barkan, who was diagnosed with a terminal neurodegenerative disease ALS in 2016, shortly after the birth of his son, was called the most powerful activist in America in a headline from 2019 in Politico magazine. 
The Irish News and RTE Radio 1 have both reported that the openly gay Taoiseach of the Republic of Ireland, Mr Leo Varadkar, will be discussing the rights of women, minorities and LGBTQIA plus people with South Korean President Yoon suk Yeol when the two meet in Seoul as part of a business and trade summit. The Taoiseach, which roughly translates as Prime Minister in Irish, said, as somebody who represents Ireland on the international stage, I would always advocate for equality for women, for minorities and for the LGBTQIA. LGBT plus community. His comments come after South Korea's constitutional court recently upheld a law banning same-sex relations for people in the military. In entertainment news, Bear Radio, an online radio station broadcasting independent LGBT plus and allied artists from a variety of genres, has returned to streaming after a power outage put them off the air for a few days. Online Radio Box in the UK is the best app we have found for listening in high quality stereo to this station, which is commercial free and financed by fundraising and donations. And finally, fat liberation activists, alongside allies in the feminist and black pride and the lesbian feminist movements, have often pointed out that many assumptions about the desirability of ultra-thin bodies are toxic to all women, but in particular to women of colour, and there is a movement to get medical and cultural agencies to realise that plus-size bodies are just as desirable as thin ones in many global cultures. Already stars of the Gainsborough LGBT Pride event in Carolina, the Liquid Gold Dance Troupe consists of larger dancers. University junior Jada Mays wanted to form a plus-size dance team on campus that would exhibit dancers' talent and agility, and in April she did so, creating the liquid gold. I knew A&T is where I wanted to go, and I wanted to dance when I got there, Mays told journalists. It didn't matter what team I was on, I was going to make it happen. Liquid Gold coach and creative director Jazz Mia Victorian said if you're not skinny then some people think it's hard for you to move. I wanted to coach a team that proves that plus size dancers could do just as much as any other dancer. Inspiration for Liquid Gold came from a number of sources but one of those was the body positive, women positive and LGBT plus ally Lizzo. Well, that's it for this week. We'll have more news for you next time. In the meantime, do remember to support LGBTQIA plus media and community broadcasting stations who bring you news and information for your community. You can find more stories from us at our constantly updated website, which is at shoutoutradio.lgbt. For Shoutout News, I've been Terry Starr. Shout out news, national and international LGBT news for you. Shout out LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. So I told you I had lots of different music in this week's show. Uh, that's uh, Charleston Boogie by uh, Robert Edwards. Really and obviously Tara likes that I really like that. <laughs> You were bopping along yeah, to yeah. that. I'm sure my age, I'm telling <laughs> Can you do the Charleston? No. Okay. No. no. Steph remembers Charleston first time round. Of course do, I do. I can do tango, Argentina tango. Can you? Yeah. Wow, impressed. Yeah. So, can you dance, Terry? Are you a dancer? I can dance, yes. Do a bit of a boogie. Do a bit of tango. Time my living room. Tango de Muerta. <laughs> yeah, waltz a bit square, so yeah, tried it. So, do you know, I, I don't think I've ever done ballroom dancing. No? No, not really. I went to school with a, a guy he, who um, used to compete in it at junior level. Oh. Yeah, he was very good at it. I guess it's more popular now with the TV, isn't it? 
Yeah. Well, yeah, Strictly yeah. probably yeah. Um, had had a lot of an effect on that, hasn't mm. it? I was in the school chess club. In the school chess club. What's it got to do with dancing? Oh, because I just wanted to feel included. Feet. You said you could dance. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Were you any good at chess then? I was in the school team, but I was pretty naff. Oh. Yeah. Uh, do you know naff is Polari? It's just because... It comes n- from Polari. Is, is it? it? Yeah, naff. Oh. What does it mean? Rubbish. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just, just checking. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was me, rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> it's because no one else in the school wanted to do chess. <laughs> So, um, anyway, let's find out about um, coding, shall we? This segment is sponsored by Talk to the Rainbow Council. Visit talktotherainbow.co.uk. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. Well, we talk to quite a lot of organisations that are just there to give people a step up. And that is so good for for the community. Um, I'm joined by Charlene Hunter. Now, you've got an interesting title, haven't you? Coding Black Females. Now, where did that come from, that title? So um, my background is that I'm a software engineer. So I really wanted to create a community for for black women in the tech industry, basically. When I was creating it, it was interesting because I was sat in the office and I think I was thinking about the fact that I wanted a name that would encompass um, women that could be quite an inclusive term, um, which over time I think I've learned maybe isn't as inclusive as I'd like it to be. (laughs) However, um, what I was looking at was a, a name that, could mean that girls could be a part of it, people that would feel as though they're a lady could be a part of it, and women as well, um, and including non-binary within that as well. So we have a community coding black females so that we can encourage people who have been software engineers or who want to be software engineers and identify as, as black women to be a part of a community of people who can really develop and enhance their skills within the tech industry. Mm. Have you been running very long now, Charlene? Um, yeah, so we've been around six years now, um, which has been fantastic. And um, the growth that we've seen in the last six years has been really, really fantastic. Mm. Now, I've been looking at your social media and you've got, yeah, you've got quite a following and you're obviously doing some really good work. And it's it's really nice that we can get that voice out there on Shoutout. Mm. Um, what, tell me more detail about how you actually give people a step up. Yeah, so um, as I mentioned, you know, we're really looking at what we can do to encourage more black women and non-binary within the tech industry. So we do quite a range of activities. So we started out doing events, really, when we first got started. Um, And then we also run uh, mentor programs and we do training as well, where our trainings encompass like coding boot camps or short courses. And really, we're looking at how we can connect people with both industry, but also other people in the community so they can develop their skills. Mm. Are are the people joining you expected to have a certain level of education? Have they got to have a degree or been through college? No, no, no. So we obviously have some people that do have that. But the idea is that, so when I started out in tech myself, um, I thought everyone needed to have a degree. That's what I'd seen. That's what I thought we needed. And what we want with a community like this is is showing people that you don't need to have that background at all. So we actually have a lot of people that don't come from any degree background and don't necessarily, I don't know what their um, school background is, for example, but they have the facility within our network to develop technical skills regardless of their background, essentially. So we actually see a lot of people who are changing careers, who want to enhance their skills um, 
without necessarily having a technical background before they join us. We stay, um, I would say, in the technical side. So if you think of STEM being um, science, technology, engineering and mathematics, my background's actually maths, but we focus very much on tech within um, within our community. So we do a lot of coding, so software engineering, that sort of thing. So people really using different languages like Python, Java, JavaScript and so on to, to learn how to build software. But then we also have people that come to us who want to learn about cybersecurity or who are really experienced in artificial intelligence, that sort of thing. So it's it's quite broad in the tech space. The skills that we're developing uh, really focus on what's in demand at the moment. So we'll look at the, the technical coding skills that are required mm. when we're training people as well. Right, you just mentioned AI. How do you feel about AI? Are you comfortable with it or do you think we need to be very careful? I think we need to be careful to some extent, but we need to have a range of people who are a part of creating the future of AI and the future of technology, right? So I think that if we if we enable um, AI to grow in this kind of commodity... BBC Award, because we actually did pick up a Gillard... Yeah, that's an internal BBC award, isn't it? But it was still, still got still it. Together, though, so. uh, anyway, <laughs> that's it for it, yeah. another week. Um, if you want to hear this show again or any others, mm. check out um, most good podcasting services. We're on tons of them. Uh, or, of course, there's our website. Shout out. Radio.lgbt is where you want to head. It's also where you can get in touch with us too. Uh, next week, who's going to be 60? Mm. Who? Who's going to be 60? You'll find out next week. From myself, from Terry, from Steph and from Taras. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye now. Shout out. LGBT Radio for you.